Ephesians 4, 7, and 11 through 16. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there. By every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become a very res- to ver- every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Hey, everybody. I'm Bob. (laughs) This is great. This is like Thanksgiving without the dishes. We're all like together, right? This family. How fun is this? I've got no speech for you. I think we've just, no, we should have conversations around Jesus, right? So I'm this recovering lawyer. I'm taking little baby steps towards Jesus. I'm also a hugger. Watch out. Don't even try to shake my hand. Because this ain't a business trip, right? You need to hug each other, not the creepy kind. You know the difference. (laughs) You'll need a lawyer. So, (laughs) but just love one another. I mean, we come together around Jesus, and this is, uh, man, it's holy, holy ground. I was in Alabama yesterday, and they invited me to a crock drop. I'm like a crock. I was picturing like balloons, these alligators would fall from the ceiling. And I got it wrong. It was a crop drop. I was so disappointed. It was like, oh, that close. But there was like 10 or 15 churches, and they got together just to bag potatoes. They went and gleaned the fields after they had harvested. And they all just got together in their bag. And I go like, oh, that's the bride of Christ. I mean, that's who you guys are. I mean, that's your name. Of all the names Jesus could have picked, he just called you the bride. You've never gone to a wedding, have you? And the bride comes down the aisle and you hold up a 6.5 and say, seen better. Like, no. (laughs) No. The bride, you know why? Jesus knows everything about you and me. And people ask me all the time, like, where I go to church. And I always say, ours. Right? Because it's our church. Right? There's no this or that. I think we ought to get together for that church next door figure out if they get out at 11 let's just do an arch over them with balloons and as they come out just say you guys rock no really do that wouldn't it be great if you got there at 11 you do your arch and nobody comes out because they're at somebody else's church doing the same thing that's our church and the bride of christ is meeting everywhere and they're just talking about jesus and so that's what we ought to do, just conversations about him. I, um, I was uh, in Orlando 
uh, maybe it was 10 weeks ago, all these radio, Christian radio stations, they all got together in uh, Disney World. And they said, will you come and speak at this thing? And I, I said, well, sure, obviously, it's Disneyland. And so I got to the airport, and they had this big, ridiculous limo there to pick me up. I'm like, I'm a yellow cab guy. I'm like, oh, heavens. And this guy had a sign that said Bob on it. I'm like, no, right? So I walked up, and I said, I'm Bob. And he says, but who are you? Like, he wanted to know if I was famous. I wanted to say I invented medicine. <laughs> I like said, no, I'm just Bob. It's been a disappointment for me, too. So I got in the back of a stupid limo, and we're driving through Orlando. And he's a really nice guy. We were talking, and I said, you know, if somebody asked me, what do you think of everybody in Orlando? I'd say, oh, they're all terrific. And you know why? Because you're a really nice guy. And if you were really mean, if somebody said, what do you think of everybody in Orlando? I'd go like, oh, they're all mean. When we've met one person, we feel like we've met everybody. Isn't that true? You know, one person in the Philippines, a big storm hits, you go like, oh, I love those guys. They're my peeps, all of them. I want people to meet me and you and feel like they just met heaven, all of them. And we just, we got all these opinions about everything. I keep telling Jesus all my opinions, and he keeps asking me about my heart. I go, but I got another opinion. He's like, really, must we? Like, just talk about your heart, right? You want to be that church, our church? Just keep talking about it. our job, love everybody. And the Holy Spirit's job, and that is so over my pay grade, but the Holy Spirit will let people know what they want, right? What if we're like, that's our church, that's who we are. I'm not very uh, much uh, of a biblical scholar, but I've been reading a lot, and uh it's always chapter, it's about the sixth verse that you get down to whatever it is. So it's always the first five verses of whatever book is always, hi, how are you? So it's verse six. Galatians chapter one, verse six. I'm astonished that you so quickly are deserting the one who called you to live in grace. And you turn to a different gospel, one that's no gospel at all. You know what Bob's gospel is? This different gospel, it's to just agree with Jesus. But can you think of one time Jesus got all of his pals together and said, guys, just agree with me. You know, he said, go do stuff. You know, when you do stuff, you know why you do stuff? You don't do it so Jesus will think you're swell. Your picture's in his wallet. You do stuff so you'll figure out the limo guy's question. Who are you? You'll find out you're terrific at some stuff. You'll find out you stink at other stuff. If you're married, guys, ask your wife. They'll tell you. Like, you stink at that. Like, don't work on the stuff you stink at. Unless you stink at relationships. Work on it. Right? But what if we're the ones that do stuff? Because we want to get the question. I, I've spent my whole life avoiding all the people that Jesus spent his whole life engaging. And you know why? I don't want to get any on me. Or I don't get them or something. And the message of the gospel is just everybody's invited. Everybody. Gay, straight, Buddhist, Baptist, everybody. But right to the feet of Jesus. Whatever he said. I'm a lawyer. I make up the rules. And Jesus said, just don't. Just don't. And quit being right about everything, you guys. Once you're right... Like, once you hit 100%, don't, telling everybody they're wrong doesn't get you to 110. Just like, you're like, ding, 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 you got Jesus. Be humble. Right? Even when I'm wrong, I think I'm a right. I'm a lawyer. Like, 
be humble and right. Wouldn't that be terrific? And you can't, if you don't know this stuff, you give people like these greetings that sound like they're off Hallmark cards. Somebody goes through some difficult time and you give them some advice that rhymes. I mean, like, really? <laughs> and never trust any advice that rhymes. Just flee. <laughs> if, um, if I was writing a book in the Bible, I'd want to write 2 John. Because you get credit for a whole book in the Bible. It's 13 sentences long. I mean, <laughs> really? That'd make a lousy poem. Okay, chapter 1, verse 6. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. And this is his command, that we walk in love. Live in grace, walk in love. Say it with me. Live in grace, walk in love. One more time, but like you mean it. Live in grace, walk in love. You guys walk down the streets, just mumble that to yourself. People think you're nuts, and you are. You're just... You're just, you're not trying to do swell stuff anymore. I'm a lawyer. I keep track of everything. I don't know why. I just got that, like that gear. I mean, I, I know everybody who's done something rotten to me. I feel like I'm Nixon. And I, and I, I know, I know every swell thing I've done for anybody ever. These two guys are walking down the street and they, they hear from behind this wall. They, 13, 13. They're like, what's going on there? Try to look over the, to this big wall and they can't see over there. Like, 13, 13. They're on each other's shoulders. 13. There's a hole in the wall and the guy looks through the hole. He gets pumped in the eye with a stick. He's like, ah! And from inside the wall, 14, 14. <laughs> you guys, stop keeping track. If you want to turn into love, you'll stop keeping track. Did somebody screw you over? Of course they did. Were you right? Yes. Be humble. We've got these churches all over this country that have stupid signs saying, turn your cell phone off when you walk into worship. Turn it on. Right? And if, you know, when you go to worship, Scripture just says, if you go there and you, before you make your offering, somebody has something against you, I go square up, then come back. What if you send a, get your text message out. Don't do Bob's gospel where you just agree with Jesus. Just send somebody a text message. Somebody has been out of shape at you. Somebody you've wronged. Somebody that thinks, like, you're either been out of shape. Just send them a message. Here's the short version. Sorry. <laughs> right? You don't have to have a big explanation. Just say you're sorry. Get over it. Be humble. You were right. Here, Jedi move. You're right. <laughs> now, like, what if we're the ones that are humble? People will flock to the feet of Christ. They will. If you come to my house, we don't wear shoes in the house, but... There's no like, sign that has all these rules for our house. There's a pile of shoes. Right? You're in Jesus' house. Take your shoes off. In particular, if you're going to go walk through somebody's head, take your shoes off. Walk through their life. Tell them all the things they got wrong. Right? So, so we're driving a little bit in this limo, and I asked this guy, how long have you been driving limos for? He said, 25 years. But I'm really going to miss it because I'm going to retire next month. And uh, I said, buddy, have you ever ridden in the back of one of these things? <laughs> He said, no, I get fired. I said, pull over. And he did. <laughs> I drove us to Disney World. It was terrific. He got there like 20 minutes later. It was a long limo. 
Now, you guys, I carry medals around with me. Everywhere I go, I go through a medal detector at the airport. It goes off. I'm like, I know I got 25 of these things. <laughs> nope. But they don't say anything. They mean whatever I say they mean. I'm a lawyer, right? Yeah. So what do you think the chances are when we got to Disneyland that that guy didn't walk away with a medal? I told him who he was. I said, you're courageous. You're foolhardy. Did you see the way I drove? You're adventurous. And when he went home to the woman he's been living with for the last five years, did he say, I met some Christian guy that said we're supposed to be married. No. He said, I met a guy who told me who I was. That's what we ought to be doing. Tell people what we see in them. There's a guy named Steve Murray that did that to me 32 years ago. He said, Bob, this is what I see you are. And it changed everything. We should be talking behind each other's backs constantly. Just talk about the right stuff. Say, did you see who they're turning into? Did you see that church next to us? Those guys are rocking. What church is that? Ours. Right? It's our church. This is, these are our people. If we do that, don't live this gospel I was living, the one I made up, where I just agree with Jesus. Go do stuff. There's 20 churches up in Seattle. They called up. They said, we're all canceling church. We're going to meet in a park. And they said, will you come and speak at this thing? I said, well, I don't know. How many people are coming? They said, there'll be 5,000 people there. And I said, well, is Jesus coming? And they said, he's coming. I'm like, well, I'm in. So I, went to the, I got to the airport. I'm not kidding. I had a loaf of Wonder Bread and two cans of sardines. People said, did you pack a lunch? I'm like, no, there's 5,000 people. Jesus is good. Last time it was terrific. <laughs> and you know what? Every single person I met walked away fed. Your joy does that. We don't need all the information. We just need Jesus. Just love everybody. That's it. That's it. That's the whole gospel. Live in grace. Walk in love. Text who's been out of shape with you. And just get him. Just be humble. You know, you're right. You got the Jesus part right. You got it all. Some guys asked me if I'd go climb a mountain with them. This was about eight weeks ago. I said, well, of course. Look at this body. Where are we going? And they said, Kilimanjaro. <laughs> My whole workout program, I like Googled it twice and did one sit-up. I'm like, oh, let's go. So I land in Tanzania at 4 in the morning, and we start hiking at 8. And I'm like pulling price tags off my boots. I mean, <laughs> and it's all shrouded in clouds. And then it was like the family Christian bookstore moment. You know, all the clouds come back and the beam of light. Do you have a picture of Kilimanjaro? <laughs> that came out. Somebody said, isn't that terrific? It was just, but that was 20,000 feet. It was just too much information. I just wanted to hurl. I'm like, ah. You know, and so I had, I was wearing this ball cap and I turned the brim just to block it out. Right? I look like a rapper. I just, we don't need all the information. Jesus, there you go. But you've got to know this stuff. Like, so you don't give people advice that rhymes. Just, you know this stuff. No, you'd like live in grace. Walk in love. And somebody does something untoward towards you. Live in grace. Walk in love and then know what it says so you can be actually be helpful to them. And, but we got to lose some stuff if we're going to get there, right? we got all these aircraft carriers parked down here in Point Loma, right? There's a last sign that a 
the jet fighter pilot gives before they launch the aircraft on the catapult is this. Here, put your fists together with your thumbs out. Here, bounce them. It means pull the chocks. These things that are holding it. This will come in handy if Steve's ever going long. <laughs> We're out of here. So, <laughs> so pull the chocks, right? What's holding you in place? But the, some of the stuff, you guys are believing these lies that you're somehow defined by your biggest screw-up. You're taking selfies in front of your mess-ups and saying, that's who I am. Baloney. That's who you were. You know, and men, you're not defined by your success either. You're defined by our love. Just love everybody. You know, Jesus didn't say to Peter, like, what do you mean you don't know me, the rooster? You're such a wuss. <laughs> no, he said, Peter, you're a rock. You know why? He saw who he was turning into. See that in each other. When you meet this afternoon, just be thinking, who's God turning us into? You know what he's turning you into? love. That's it. He's just turning you into love. And then the way, how do we love people? There's this marathon that runs by our house here in Point Loma, and these guys, like, you know, run by it. But I set up a, a table, and I had a Gatorade thing and all the cups. They didn't ask me to, but I'm like, I'm a lawyer, whatever, sue me. So, <laughs> and when these, uh, when these joggers would run by, I would just hold these cups by the lip loosely. Right? And if they run by and don't want any, I don't run after them. Go, like, you got to hydrate. I mean, I just, I, or if they want to take a little sip and throw it on the lawn or throw it in their hair and get all sticky, like whatever. But what if we're like the ones, if we keep telling people they're thirsty when they aren't, they won't know where to come when they are. You guys, your job, love everybody. Just hold these cups by the lip loosely. Right? And the Holy Spirit will tell them when they're thirsty. Right? You can give water to people who aren't thirsty. There's a name for that. It's waterboarding, right? <laughs> You're thirsty. No, we're not. Yes, you are. <laughs> Leave people alone. Just love them. That's the way our church works. We just love everybody. Right? When people were, if you want to know what it's like to climb Kilimanjaro, go to Home Depot after the service. Buy a ladder that's 70 miles long. <laughs> And go lean it up against a building that's four miles high. And then forget your long underwear. And you're me. Uh, the last day you hike for 31 hours. The last push is you have some tea at midnight, and then you head for the summit. And you summit at 9 in the morning. And it's 10 below zero. And it's just like the water in your like camelback is freezing as it goes in there. And we, I got to the top. I was thinking, like, where's the air? But... One of the things I was thinking about in this whole time, 70 miles that I hiked, the whole time, all I did was look down at this guide's feet in front of me. Do you have a picture? That's what I looked at the whole way. Up there. People said, what were the views like? I don't know. That's what I was looking at. <laughs> right? But you guys, if you have a guide you can trust, you don't have to worry about the path you're on. You guys got Jesus. He went over some stuff. I would have rather gone around, but if he went over it, I went over it. He went around some stuff. I wanted to go over. If he went around it, I went around it. And in 70 miles, he never tripped once. Right? And I tripped every three steps. But, you know, I just bumped into him. He didn't say, buddy, get your balance. He just knew I was following closely. Are you going to trip if you love people extravagantly like the way I'm talking about? Of course you will. And you know what? You'll bump into Jesus all over again. Isn't that beautiful? That's who you are. You just answer the question the limo guy had. 
If we just keep doing that, you guys, just loving people extravagantly. I'm Lindsay, ever since she was taller than a trout, I've been telling her that some guy's going to want to marry you someday, and if he wants to marry you and I like the guy, he and I will build you a chapel to get married in. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? We got this place in Canada. I told her if I don't like the guy, we'll just never get around to it. So, <laughs> so, so this guy asked me, you know, can I marry your daughter? And I said, I don't know, can you swing a hammer? And so for this summer, we spent four months and we built this chapel. And you know what? We didn't even finish. She got married on the lawn. I was like, shoot, that close. But you know what was really cool? She doesn't need a stupid building to know her dad loves her. Neither do your kids. I, sh I just wanted this guy that I didn't have to be polite to. Like, hi, John. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Go make some kids, okay? <laughs> but you know what? I wanted a friend. And I got one. Go do stuff. That's what Jesus said to his disciples. I don't call you disciples anymore. I call you my friends. Go be friends. Go do stuff. You'll find out what you're terrific at. You'll find out what you stink at. Do less of what you stink at. What if we do that? I didn't climb Kilimanjaro because I wanted to like man up and dance around the fire with the boys. Every one of my kids gets a 10-year-old adventure. Remember last time we were together, we talked about little Charlie, that kid that got abducted by a witch doctor in Uganda, cut his private parts off, left him for dead. The chief justice of Uganda's Supreme Court let me try Uganda's first death penalty case against that guy. And we got this conviction that went out to 33 million people who said, we're not afraid of you punks anymore. And then this little kid, we brought him here to Cedar sinai and it made all new everything. And it works, which is nuts. So I asked Charlie, he turned 10 eight weeks ago. I said, where do you want to go? And he said, Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I'm like, really? Don't you want to go to Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> Really? I'm going to look at this. And so we climbed up, and you know what? He didn't make it to 20,000 feet. He got to 14,006, higher than Rainier. Not bad for a four-foot-tall kid, right, with it's gone through what he's gone through. You have a picture of Charlie on his summit? That's Charlie. And you know what? I didn't tell him how far he had left to go. I told him how far he'd come. Talk to each other about that. Look how far you've come. Look how far you've come. This is my church. This is our church. Look how far you've come. And what if we just keep doing Do you think that kid left Kilimanjaro without a couple medals? Right? He looked like Colin Powell. Like, <laughs> give this to somebody. Tell them, like, tell them what you see they're turning into. And we just, ever since the trial, well, I've been meeting with witch doctors. Charlie's in Uganda. He's got a bodyguard with a gun and directions. There's a witch doctor within 10 feet of you. Shoot him in the face. I mean, I've met with 900 witch doctors to tell him. These are his directions, right? I said, I'm the consul general for Uganda, so I send word out on the bush radio. Every witch doctor is commanded to come meet me at the king's hut. And you guys, they come. And they are creepy, creepy dudes. Some are making little dolls that look like me, and we're like... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're not afraid of these guys. Jesus has all the power. Well, those are the words he said to all of his friends. New and Old Testament alike. Be not afraid. Not afraid of that. We're not afraid to love people big either. You know, the gospel according to Bob is this one where I just agree. Matthew 5, love your enemies. And it doesn't stop there. Love your enemies so you can be 
perfect, like your Father in heaven. What if we're aiming for that? When some of you greet me and say, how are you doing? I always say to myself silently, I'm trying to be perfect, like my Father in heaven is. I don't say that out loud. You'd think I was stuck up. You'd say, like, keep working on it. But like, what if you just start with this? Start love the people you don't get. So we meet with these witch doctors. We'll go out in the morning and do a sting. And out in the bush, we'll get a witch doctor. I'll be flanked with a bunch of Ugandan friends that work for me. And, and then we'll ask this witch doctor to sell me a kid for sacrifice. And I've never had one witch doctor say no. 40 bucks. They'll go get a kid. And then I show 200 witch doctors a, a videotape of that. Because we've got cameras and pins. I say, you see this guy? He's dead. You even talk about sacrificing a kid. You are too. We're really honestly just trying to scare the heck out of these guys. And then I wash their feet, which scares the heck out of me because I am not a toe guy. And witch doctors have a weird number of toes. But I don't know. Do you want to be Bob or do you want to be perfect? You've got to love your enemies to get there. And I was asking this guy, I said, what do you guys need? Because they're, they're big leaders now on death row. So they're new leader. I said, what do you guys need? And he said, everybody fears us. I mean, they don't want us around, but they think we have to be around because we have the power, but they really don't want I'm like, buddy, I'm a lawyer. I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> but they said, we don't know how to read or write. And so don't freak out. I started a witch doctor school. And these uh, witch doctors come, and they, there's only two books in witch doctor school. We have the Bible and a book a buddy of theirs wrote named Love Does. Right? This idea of like, what if we're like the ones that are more and more available as time goes by? When I, when I wrote this book, Thomas Nelson said, we write a book. I said, I don't know. Will you build a school? I'll swap you. And so they said, well, how big's a school? And I said, all right, 340 child soldiers in northern Uganda and 40 teachers. They said, big school? I said, big book. So on the last page of the book, there was a little bit of space, and I was thinking about how Jesus was getting more and more available as time went by. But with me, I was getting less and less available. Right? Remember some lady pulls on his shirt? He's like, who is that? Some little guy up in a tree is like, lunch on you. Right? And I, so you know what I did? I put my cell phone number in there. There's 500,000 people that have my cell phone number and 900 witch doctors. And my phone, it just rings all the time. You guys, it's cost me millions. I like, barely practice law anymore. All I do is answer the phone. Do you know what? When I answer the phone, when I say hello, I just answered every question they've got about me and about you because they've heard everything we have to say. They just want to know if we're available. When we say hello, we just answered it. The rest is just extra. What if we're like the ones that just shout with your love, with your availability? I don't think people follow vision. They follow availability. Everything in between those two is a vacuum. So what if we do that? Just be available. So I asked these witch doctors, like, what do you need? We start this school. When we got off of Kilimanjaro, we went to graduation day with these witch doctors. You have that picture? This is our first 24 witch doctors who graduated from witch doctor school. And 200 creepy dudes were there. And it was a graduation like none other, right? Because <laughs> I grabbed each of these guys by the face, and there's no public display of affection in Uganda, right? So I took each of these witch doctors, and I gave them a kiss on the forehead. I was like, I want to put like hand sanitizer on. But I want to be every witch doctor's first kiss. And 
And then I whispered to him, just loud enough for them to hear. I said, don't make me kill you. Right? <laughs> but you've been, you've been reading about Jesus. Lead. Lead in a way that doesn't make you dead. And so we're going in two weeks. I've got a ropes course. You know what? After we did graduation, the next week, a hundred witch doctors signed up for witch doctor school. Isn't that nuts? That's evidence of Jesus. That's what your love does, and people will think you flipped out. Right? But you just go like, I'm just trying to follow this man from Nazareth. And he said, everybody's in, but right to his feet. What's his feet mean? Whatever this says, don't game it. Whatever that says, that. I usually get my first call at like five in the morning. It's always some dude in Atlanta, right? And he's like, because it's eight in the morning there. But I'm like, hello? <laughs> Maria thinks she's married to an adolescent. They're like, talk to me. The last call I got was at midnight. It was from two witch doctors at witch doctor school. And they said a little boy's been abducted. He's six years old. He's been taken into the bush for a child sacrifice. But we know where he is. Should we go get the kid? And I'm standing on my bed in my boxers like, get the kid! <laughs> right? Four hours later, I get a text message. And it says, we've rescued the child. He's with his mother. And the last two words of the text message from these bad guys, love does. What if we're the ones that say, what if we just say everybody's in? Right? Not just some people, everybody. But shoes off. It's Jesus' house. I stay in these hotel rooms sometimes, and I went to check into this hotel. It was like 1 in the morning or something, and I was just beat and threw my stuff on the bed and turned on the light. There's a woman in the room, and she starts screaming. This is my room. So I start screaming, this is my room. And then I grabbed my bag, and I ran. I felt like Joseph. And, and, <laughs> I went back to the front desk and I said to the guy, man, I just want the concept's not that tough, like one person per room, right? And unless you've made arrangements and even that has some guardrails. But like, but I, Jesus wants the room. He wants this room. He wants the room at our church next door. He wants the room in your house. He wants the entire room, not some of it. I did this men's conference a week ago. I have never gone to a men's conference before. I don't know what they do. And so I was like, what do you bring, a spear? And so I found a seven-foot inflatable bass, this remote control. Have you seen those? It's terrific. I gave it to this eight-year-old kid. I said, buddy, this is yours. You just got to, three minutes after I start talking, just start flighting that over everybody. And it swims, right? So it swims so you know, I started talking to the kid. I mean, he came to Jesus. You know, I got the five guys look up. Then ten, a thousand guys are looking. Two thousand men are looking up. And I said, guys, eyes on me. But you can't if there's a bass in the room. <laughs> right? Jesus wants the room. What's the bass? What's the bass in your room? Who is it that you're, like, you're doing something It's just messing you up? If it's your job... Pull the chocks. If it's your relationships, get better at them. If it's something you stink at, quit. Just stop. Say, we're done. Why? Jesus. I'm just done. What if we do that? Pull the chocks in. Whatever this bass is in the room. And I gotta, we got to talk for hours, but i got to lay on the plane now. But what if we just, just do that? I mean, your, your faith is simple. You don't need all the information. You just need to love people extravagantly. Who's your enemy? Just 
and just have the answer like nobody. And you know why? Because you're not trying to be right anymore. You're trying to be perfect like your Father in heaven is. Let me pray, but could we keep our eyes open when we pray? Usually I close my eyes because I don't want you to think I'm peeking. Let's peek. <laughs> no, really, we're a family together. So Jesus, be with every man in this room. Make them strong. Make them courageous. Don't make them afraid of anything. Be with each woman in this room. Make them strong. Make them courageous. Don't make them afraid of anything. You use us, big or small. We're just not counting anymore. We're going to try to turn into love. We're going to live in grace. We're going to walk in love. In your strong name, amen. Amen.